started out making exploitation films, literally. And, you know, he was making films within the context of what people would pay him to make films about. Right. And, um, you know, that I, I really don't think you can ever completely forget that when you look at Cronenberg's early work. You know, it was made within the context of the tax shelter era, you know, where literally it was like, well, we have a certain amount of money. Do you have a script? (laughs) And we need it. We need to be able to sell it to very particular kind of markets. Right, right, right. Yeah. And motivated by very commercial reasons, whereas Crash is. Crash is not a commercial film. It isn't not at all. It isn't even a film that was received well by art house markets in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> that doesn't surprise the, me the somehow. Release at Cannes, it was booed, it was jeered. The, Francis Ford yeah, Coppola yeah. refused yeah. to give it an award and when the jury basically created an award because they wanted to give it to Crash and Francis Ford Coppola wouldn't let them, he refused to hand it to Cronenberg on stage. <laughs> He's somebody else hands it to him. Um, that is beautiful. It's beautiful, um, and it's it's very you know Cronenberg sort of lightly complains about it. Where like every time he sees Francis Ford Coppola. Coppola's like, remember, we gave you that award. And he's like, you didn't give me that award. You, you tried <laughs> to prevent you, me asshole. from getting that award. Um, <laughs> he's like, he says, it's okay if he doesn't like the movie, but you have to be gracious about these things. That's so fucking Canadian. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, but it's, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, um, and in, in Britain, especially, this film was, I mean, they tried to ban it. Um, yeah, um, J.D. Smith was talking about the um, the campaign that was waged against it, which essentially was built around, you know, do you think it it is correct that someone should be able to make a film in which a guy fucks a disabled woman's wound? You know, it's like <laughs> what kind of what kind of disgusting anti-feminist bullshit is this? Uh, there's and, a great line from one of the like contemporaneous reviews where it's like this is the line at which even a liberal society has to has to draw the draw the line at this well you know what i found interesting though i mean when i was watching this with my girlfriend she rightly brings up this is one of the few um like erotic films where women like are just into it they're into the they're into the car crashes and they're aroused by it and they aren't just going along because yeah. the men are. Into no, it. the women are as autonomous sexual agents as the men. I mean, even comparing Spader films, if you get into Secretary, <laughs> yeah. Dick. I mean, but I it's know. very. I mean, it is interesting and. In... Well, Secretary is very much about you know, I'm into this guy and this is what he's into. <laughs> yeah. Right, but this is more like. I just want to fuck cars too. Everybody wants to fuck cars. Yeah, too. It's, it's, it is, that sounds great. It, <laughs> That's what I've been waiting for. I mean, for. I think it's so. I think it's so great the scenes where they're just watching car crashes and just like mutually <laughs> yeah. masturbating. There's each so other. many. It's just very equal opportunity. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, I want to talk about it. 
it isn't really in terms of symbolic relevance, but I love the car wash scene where they're driving through and Vaughn and Catherine are having sex in the back and James, as is relatively frequent in this film, is just sort of watching them in the mirror. And uh it has these yeah. beautiful, genuinely beautiful washes of color and light and the suds on the windows behind them. And it's, I mean, it's not, it's not romantic, but it has a, it has a certain, well, so I want to, I want to address the argument that, um, I don't know if I agree with it or disagree with it, but some people have argued that this film is actually attempting to show a sort of utopian vision of love and sex, <laughs> which is maybe hard to mm-hmm. wrap your head around. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you took away the car uh, accident I, stuff. I, I would hope that in a utopian vision of love and sex, that people would be enjoying themselves more. Yeah, that's tr- like not well, dying. That, maybe that, that people would be enjoying themselves more because even in their feverish, you know, obsessive quest towards something that both of them are fetishizing. I mean, the fact is, they're still not. I mean, there is that. Yeah, there's very that much. very real. Yeah. There's that very real sense that they they're never able to get to that peak they yeah. want to get Un- to unless they die unless they get mashed between two cars. Yeah, that's the that's the Sadian element. But um, it's very it's like it's it's so like eventually this and I don't know this going in um, this basically they move into a sort of pansexual territory where James yeah. and Vaughn are having sex and. Um, yep. Uh, Helen and Gabrielle are having sex and everybody's having sex with everybody else. And, you know, it was sort of, um, you know, there, uh, there is this quote from Australian critic Adrian Martin, um, quoted in the Rosenbaum where he says, <clears throat> it's as if all these characters are wandering around the outer limits of sexual experiences and possibilities and blissfully losing their strictly gendered, biologically or culturally determined body identities in the process. And that is in there in terms yeah, of... that sounds cool. It sounds cool, but, I mean, it seems to require an erasure of the human personality. <laughs> we, we might not desire, um, but there is a certain you know, utopianism to that idea of these characters. I mean, I don't, they don't seem to experience sexual pleasure in the conventional sense that, you know, even when in car crashes, but they do seem sort of freed from, from certain things in a way by the end of the film, even though it's maybe, maybe you might just as well say that they're in the shackles. Well, I mean, in almost in a in a way, the lack of emotionality, like the lack of the sense of any real love, frees them to have sex and not be, I guess, burdened with the love factor, <laughs> which I would argue is very lonely. But that's well, sort of the universe. Yeah, that is the universe. I mean, it's and again, that's why it's a porno centric universe. Yeah. Um, where everything is reduced to that everything is reduced to you know like how many orgasms can i cram into 
Right. It's like we fuck because we want to fuck. Well, is no, there any other reason? No, 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 no like, that was it. And um, I, I might say that in a way it's sort of like it's like um, Cronenberg, if not Ballard, is going for a total reversal of expectations. Mm. It's like everyone sitting in the audience going, you know, if I have to go see a movie where people are having sex all the fucking time, like where we're constantly going from sex scene to sex scene to sex scene to sex scene, at least one of these sex scenes should arouse me. <laughs> at least one of these sex scenes should not only arouse me, but maybe arouse the people having the sex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, but no, <laughs> it's like, nobody seems to be, you know, it's like, it, it, it seems like a, like a small thing within context, but is it really a small thing within context? You know? Mm. Yeah, do, I mean, do we, this is just a question to the room, I guess, but like, do we ever get the sense that arousal is part of Cronenberg's design that he, that he's ever working to arouse the viewer? Because I go back on forth, you know, back and forth on that. Um, I mean, I, mm, there are some scenes I think that are meant, I mean, like the scene with, uh, is it a BMW dealership? Which? Uh, the, the, the scene where, um, Gabrielle is mm, in the car dealership. Yeah. I feel like that is overtly, you know, the, uh, it's overtly trying to arouse the yeah. sales clerk. In turn, I almost feel like it's trying to arouse the audience, but like it's stuff like that. It's framing. It's not necessarily yeah, the sex yeah, part. Yeah. I Are mean, you talking about all of Cronenberg's films? Because um, oh, I just well, meant specifically I was, oh, this. You but, mean with my my question? I yeah. guess I guess specifically this, but we could also talk about the the broader oeuvre because there are both interesting similarities in and, and divergences from um, conventional strategies and Cronenberg's films. <laughs> That's true. Um, I was I was actually going to say that one of the sexiest Cronenberg films that I can think of is actually Existence. I've never seen Existence. Yeah, you should see Existence because there's, you know, it's like, Maybe it's just to do with Jennifer Jason Lee's capacity to seem like she's turned on by a lot of things. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's like she really seems like she's enjoying herself. And, <laughs> but she's not enjoying herself in the way that you expect. You know, it's mm. like she's not enjoying herself because she's having sex with Jude Law. She's enjoying herself because she's playing a, a game with Jude Law, you mm. know. Uh, mm. A game that I would call a video game, except that it takes place inside their bodies. Mm. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, there are certain scenes like um, there's like reg. I mean, again, it's Cronenberg. There's quote regular sex scenes in a history of violence that I felt like these are positively mm. vanilla. Yeah, it's just like a married and couple yet, having people sex. People thought they went too far. People absolutely thought they were. really because all they did was no, fuck the, on the stairs. The, That's yeah, not. The fuck on the stairs was, <laughs> I mean, it's a couple no, feet away no, from the, the bed. The stairs but, you know. was um, was something that a lot of people felt at the time went on too long, and also because they were very. I mean, she's angry at him and you know, and completely you know, disgusted to some degree with you know, it's like who is this person? 
that I had kids with. That's true. Yeah, I guess there is that element. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I am that guy. You know, I am actually that person. You know, Um, yeah, person from Chicago that everybody. Yeah, I guess it's it's hard to say because like. Even in the the young Freud movie, there's sex scenes in that, but I feel like those are tied together with yeah, the power. Yeah, uh, power. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's a weird. You know, I remember liking. Um, I remember liking the Freud boy, Freud slash Jung slash you know Sophia Schulman um, movie quite a bit. A dangerous. Uh, a dangerous method, but you know, considering things that I've since learned about Roy yeah. Young and Shulman. <laughs> yeah, um, I saw that article a while yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am. Bl- I was blissfully ignorant going yeah. into um, it. Thankfully, yeah, exactly. You know, but certainly within the context of the film, those those are those are therapeutic sex acts. You know. Like literally therapeutic sex acts, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but, they're they're about Sophia finding her way out of her current problems by going further into her overall problems. I I have to see more of Cronenberg's later work because I really think his later work his is later very work interesting. His later work is very interesting, but again, you know, it's like if you if you came into him from the beginning, <laughs> you, know, you, you do sort of right, feel like, where yeah. are the tumors? God damn it. Wait, <laughs> right now, he's remaking mm-hmm. one of his earliest films, right? Is, did I yes. see that? In, that yeah, should crimes, be. Crimes Which, of the what is he remaking? Um, and he seems like he's oh. definitely oh. bending it around, which I think is a, a very smart thing for him to do because uh there were there were things in the original crimes of the future that i don't think would go over very well these days <laughs> yeah. uh, well, particularly uh, like a big i mean i like this you know what's funny is i thing. feel like i feel like now that brandon's making movies david was like okay son you can do the gross tumors i give them to you <laughs> well, and uh, he's just like, I'm gonna, pre- I'm gonna do more regular films while my son does the tumor stuff. Well, Possessor, you know, I mean, I'd love to talk about Possessor sometime. I, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, see it, see it, see it. Okay, we'll talk about it. We'll do that'll be another film. Yeah, that should be the next one. But yeah, I mean, I think in a very real way, Brandon Cronenberg's work is now like, it's like what David used to do. Yeah, Brandon very, does now. Sorry, it's very overtly Cronenbergian. Um, um yeah yeah it's like cronenberg squared it's like you wonder did he watch <laughs> he's, he's, like was he around his he dad while he he's was he's never seen one of his dad's films yeah i just don't don't know how that would even work <laughs> that he's never seen i don't think it'd be possible to not see a single yeah, film your dad's done you know my dad was david cronenberg i'd see his films yeah i mean i don't know i even by accident, just walking <laughs> yeah. in the room or something. Like, what are you? What are you doing in there, Dad? <laughs> are you cutting something together? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so where are we now? I don't, I don't know. know. Let's get back to Crash. <laughs> Let's get back to Crash. <laughs> um, I mean, this has nothing to do with anything, but I really like Helen yeah. Hunt's gloves, and I love yeah. that scene. 
I guess this sort of ties into not to get too personal, but like in terms of stuff that I found actually sort of arousing, yeah. I was like, okay, this. Which scene? <laughs> you mean Holly Hunter? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Holly, Holly Hunter. Hunter. What did I say? <laughs> oh, which bad. scene? Yes. Just Holly because Hunter, I, yes. I watched it a, a bit back, but which which scene are, are we referring to? One of the earliest scenes where they're meeting back up after they've been in the hospital oh. and he's driving her. Right. Yeah, yeah. And she's just like got like her full thighs out and is just sort of like smoking with driving gloves and Yeah. 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 It's like I'm gonna wear these gloves forever now. <laughs> I know she no I don't think she takes them. I mean she must take them off at some point, but I don't not know. In the I mean, does she not? I feel like they're Maybe she didn't. See, that's something I'd have to go back well, and like actually pay attention. She's also constantly smoking from that point on. She says, you know, she picked it up in the hospital. Yeah, and, yeah that's right. And one of the things that the, that the gloves might help with is for her not to get nicotine, steams, nicotine stained fingers. Mm-hmm. And another interesting change after the hospital visit um they 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 all say uh oh, there's so much traffic lately lately yeah they <laughs> hyper focus on the traffic and in a way it becomes another thing for him to fetishize he starts staring from his balcony through binoculars like look at the traffic yeah it's it's unclear although i think it's safe to assume one way but it's unclear if there if there actually is more traffic or if they're just like noticing the traffic more the uh, i'd assume it's the latter it's obviously. like when you're pregnant and every other woman seems to be pregnant yeah yeah so, so uh, it's definitely and that sort of seems true to i mean there are many wild uh, fantasies in this film but that was one of the details that seemed more true to the actual effects of i mean i can tell you after i had my accident on the highway I got a brand new car because obviously my other one was totaled. And it did, you're much more cognizant of like other cars. You're like, wow, there's right. so many of these cars. Were there always this many cars? Because there's sort of that like, I don't want to get in a car accident again thing. Yeah. No, it's it's sort of similar. It, you know, after my car accident, every time we passed over that stretch of highway, which we did, you know, fairly frequently, I would get super tense because i yeah. you know i i've overcome that now but you know it's and and i guess what crash is asking is you know what if that response was you know the tension or the jolts you got from that is is a sexual one in a sense i mean that's the basic yeah. yeah um which i mean there are instances obviously of people who's response to trauma of various kinds is to adopt it in a sexual context like yeah, not... to, to eroticize the methodology yeah. of their trauma but overall i wouldn't say crash is undertaking an examination of trauma at least not nope. in a, in terms of <laughs> this is a, a res like you know the general description of this i hear is like an erotic psychological drama and i disagree because <laughs> it's not psychological no it's like the opposite of psychological where it's just like i'm a guy that's it <laughs> like we don't know yeah. anything else about me 
They're, they're I have prompt. a penis. You have a vagina. Yeah. There are cars that crash. Yes. <laughs> you have a wound. Right. You have yeah. a wound. It reminds me of a vagina. I will have sex with it with my penis. It's just a series of collisions, haha, between these characters and their various, uh, you know, desires or consciousnesses or whatever. But it isn't, you know, it, it's very, I mean, I feel like this is of the films we've talked about together. This is probably the most complicated. Um, and it might be, you know, I guess going in, I had some, we, we talked about this a little earlier, but I had some idea that, you know, it was going to be addressing like, uh, the 20th century or or mm -hmm. these political circumstances in a in a sort of metaphorical way and while that's there um crash doesn't feel like uh at least a conventionally symbolic film where oh, you know oh oh but 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 okay but? so <clears throat> so it's a pre-millennial film mm -hmm. and it's about <clears throat> You could say a personal apocalypse, but yes. the personal apocalypse is does not manage to kill the person or, you know, like two of the people who are involved in it. And so it's like a rehearsal for the apocalypse, mm. the bigger apocalypse is going to happen at the end of the millennium. But as we know, the world did not end at the end of the millennium. So right. maybe next time, darling, maybe next yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that's true. That is interesting. That certainly is interesting. It's almost like I a bunch true. of people who want there to be an apocalypse that never comes. Mm -hmm. They're waiting for it. Wait. Yeah, it's very... I mean, where do we go, I guess? is. I mean, I, and I feel like it's it's interesting watching it in the 21st century. Uh, we made At it. We're beginning. all here. <laughs> um, but a world where today obviously the car is still very important but the car is quickly assumed a relatively vanishing significance as you know it's not it's no longer the totem pole of culture or society in the way it might have been i mean you the can totem quibble pole of that. masculinity that it used to be well yes i yeah. will say it's suddenly it's not a dick anymore. It's just a car. Well, yeah. it is still well, a dick. Well, sometimes it's still a dick. I mean, I did watch all those fucking Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> no, no, if you watch the, I mean, the commercials are still playing on sexual anxieties and, you know, oh, you're a real man if you have this car or whatever. Um, yeah, but, but, but the, the way that it's actually, um, the way that it actually is in, in reality as opposed to commercial world where people go insane for ridiculous things is that it's a tool and it's mm -hmm. a necessity depending yeah. on where you live. Yeah. It's not, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, you I look mean, at yeah, stuff. I don't think it's, um, I mean, there's obviously still cars. You have, people still drive, <laughs> driving yeah. still a huge part of at least American <laughs> culture, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's, any longer a thing where it's like you have to have a car well it's like i watched um uh for the first time fairly recently i was watching 
some Kenneth Anger short films from the 60s. And Mm. those are dealing, it shows, you know, it's obviously a sort of sinister queer mirror, but um, it's showing in, in in a way that reflects the reality, the literal commodity fetishism of the car in the 20th century and that it was it was the romance it was the you know the the fantasy to drive off on the well, highway there was still a to, novelty to it too it was yeah. new and fresh and at this point you know cars have been around it's not for quite a while yeah. it's not um now i don't mean to be that guy but, but i feel like the 21st century equivalent which has realized the isolation anticipated by Ballard and Cronenberg in a much more complete way than, I mean, either of them could have anticipated is, again, this is fairly obvious and stupid, but phones, like cell phones are, you know. (laughs) I mean, talk, I mean, that is really the territory in which technology has penetrated into the mind, the body, certainly the <laughs> sexuality. Definitely, know. yeah. Yeah, um, no, that's that's absolutely true. Well, we all and, carry around I mean, these I'm little boxes now that can bring us nudie pictures. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that there hasn't been a screen life porno movie yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was thinking about it as a challenge, like, what would the 21st century crash look like? I mean, I guess phones don't really have that it's a lot harder to kill yourself with a phone (laughs) i'm sure you could but you'd have to really try i i don't think it's i don't think it works visually no you'd have to try to swallow a phone and that's icky and uh, but like phones i don't know i mean it's also different in that the car the car is a very right. physical thing, whereas the phone, it, even though it is physical, it almost gets into metaphysical territory where you're sort of yeah. floating around in idea space that isn't concrete. No, the truth of the phone is is that it's detaching you from your body and from death, you know? I mean, yeah. we could quibble with that a bit, but phones are... The problem, I think, with phones <laughs> is that they <laughs> they, you know... They do make life more detached and uh, cold, but they aren't, you know, unlike the car crashes in this film, they're not bringing you into close contact with some death or physical reality or, you know, eroticism or whatever. It's all about, you know, greater distance from from your body. (laughs) Well, the version of uh, the version of crash that you could do today is... It would be um, it would be done on a series of phones, and they would be phones uh, held by people who were inside the car at the time that it crashed. Ah, yes. And it would be like a competition for who could, you know, who could arrange the most amazing death footage, car crash <laughs> yes, death footage, yes, yes, yes. and upload it just before you know the the car manages to squish your phone along with you. (laughs) It's it's interesting. I mean, because you do see an anticipation of those sort of spectacle elements in this film, whether it's, you know, you have the staging of the fake, you know, celebrity car crashes. You have when Colin dies, 
you have photos being taken. It's got these great flashes of light, you know, where it's like recording and imprinting the image. Um, and you have a wonderful scene where all of the creepy car crash fetishes are watching a, uh, you know, a, a like a dummy test video. It's in, oh, right, it's in yeah. German too, isn't it? It's like Swedish or Swedish? some sort of foreign language. Um, oh, but one, one thing I was going to uh, say a while back and I totally forgot about it was that in the book, um, Vaughn's obsession <clears throat> centers around the idea that he could possibly get into and die in a car crash with uh, a specific um, Hollywood star. Right. Yeah. It's actually Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. Um, and that celebrity aspect has been stripped out of the movie. Yeah. To an extent. Yeah. I mean, they still have the, they still have him doing the, this is James Dean's death, but yeah. Oh, it, oh yeah. No, totally, it's not his, but, it's no longer the, his the only idea fetish. That there's a Hollywood star, uh, like a current Hollywood star in X city right now that you could potentially collide with literally um that is gone yeah, uh, yeah. and holland's character is a stuntman in the book and he's working on and he's working as a car stuntman as a stuntman mike basically um on uh on the film that elizabeth taylor is currently oh, all right filming. okay and when uh and when Vaughn dies, he does in fact die in a car crash with Elizabeth Taylor, but Elizabeth mm. Taylor is not her. <laughs> I mean, I feel like all of this is just reinforcing the fact that they're occupied with a past culture, not mm. the current culture, but just people who have already died and you know it's 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 relating it to this sense of ending or finality where all they are is, is looking back. There's not, there's no sense of a future in this film. No, I think one of the most important scenes in this film is after Vaughn dies, which, you know, yeah. full spoilers, obviously he dies. Um, they go back to the impound lot, find the car and then have Daddy sex died. on it. Of course. <laughs> Well, you know, at that point, I was like, you know, it would be wrong with him not to. I know it's in his memory. I'm just (laughs) saying. I just think it's so. I mean, great that you're like, oh man, what's going to happen now? You're like, yeah, I know what's going to happen now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't James and Vaughn already have uh, sex in the in the car that Colin died in? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Yeah, that's true. So there you go. Yes, it would be totally totally insulting for them to not have sex oh my god in the car. scene where they, he he says he wants to claim the car and he's like why would you want to do that and he just holds on james spader who has another one of those micro smiles <laughs> like, it's okay <laughs> all right it's a uh, late tonight i wonder if that is you know depending on your view either you know a dystopian or utopian part of this project that there's a sense you know vaughn says a car crash is a fertilizing energy not a destructive one and in the sense it's like every grave becomes the 
the center of new pleasure and mm-hmm. you know i mean every every time somebody dies it's it's to facilitate you know the the, the generation someone of else's new orgasm yeah, yeah. someone Which else's is, fetish it's very i mean i do think this ultimately is um you know it's a, it is a film that's insisting on a basic unity of the erotic drive and the death drive as as Sean said at the top of the episode and Absolutely. as carried through um many of the the classics of pornographic literature that we've we've invoked <laughs> um yeah it's 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 about it's you know death as the ultimate orgasm and yeah you know, you know the, as, instead of the little death it's like the big death it's the big yes. death um but that's what and you have to wonder taste it forever maybe the next one maybe the next one um i mean that's that's all you know i don't know it's it's a film that's you know we'll we'll start i guess bringing it to a close unless obviously we can go on if there are other points but um i i think we i think we've so to speak, I think we've squeezed everything out. Mm, yeah. And still, to me, there's sort of a fundamental mystery at the heart of this movie where, like, in the same way all obsession is sort of mysterious that, you know, we could we could say it's about the death drive or the 20th century and all of these things are, are valid and, and true, I feel, but there is there's something just to me okay so like i'll just say this like i love all of the films we've talked about um and cruising i've seen twice now and it's like a new favorite and devils i'm sure once i see that again it'll be the same but like with crash i watched this movie and it went straight on my list of like i love this this is great (laughs) um (laughs) it's it's to me um I still have to see a lot of his major films, but it's it's easily my favorite Cronenberg, and I say that as somebody who loves uh, Videodrome almost as much, um, and you know The Fly and everything. Um, and I think possibly of the films I've seen, probably maybe the most sophisticated in in many ways, uh, or subtle, perhaps is, is mm. the word I use. Um, so that's, I mean, I. I love it. Uh, I think it's possibly a masterpiece. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, it's it's very it's like it's very much in line with. Um, admittedly, it's a personal interest in in the sort of literature and films that that we've talked about uh, in connection with Crash. But um, just as a body horror film, it's also very effective and it's 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 great i mean i I loved everything about it uh sean what do you think i liked it yeah i'd seen it once already um i'm more familiar with his work it is definitely one of my favorite cronenbergs i think because in a way even though it is sort of a horror film it's not a horror film it's more of i mean whether you find it arousing or not it is attempting to be somewhat erotic Yeah. And yeah. I I mean, honestly, just from like a strictly simplistic level, I just appreciate a film that has so much sex in it. That's like, no yeah. matter what's happening, it's just like, there's a lot, like 
a lot yeah. of sex in this movie. And it's yeah. not just men and women. It's men and men. It's women and women. Yeah. It's men and women and men. And, and cars. And cars. <laughs> and then there are cars. And, you know, I even mean, like some of the little moments, like when... Um, when Holly Hunter is with the, you know, James in the car after they're, they've had sex and he's like, she goes through this list of all these people and he's like, so you've had sex with all of them in cars? And she's like, yes. And he goes, but you pictured getting in car accidents. And I don't know. It's just very, hmm. I don't know. It's just intriguing in a way because it just is not, despite the lack of emotionality, like. I don't know, man. It just, it really gets to me in a way that, like, a lot of films do not that are preoccupied with emotionality. And don't reach for ever. <laughs> like, by the way, just, you were saying, like, the modern cinema landscape is a sexless wasteland. Right. And... Because, <laughs> yeah. like, um, your average, even your average R movie, you're going to get one sex scene, and it's going to be 20 seconds long. It's This it's, is, it's, like... An hour and a half movie or whatever, and I swear a full hour of sex scenes. Yeah, it's yeah. it's almost it's it's either sex or the lead up to another sex scene. And you know, I mean, I will forever protest, you know, our unsexy modern cinematic worlds. Um, and to we have all this of weird people, thing, particularly in America, where we'll we're we'll chop someone's head off and not think about it and show it to children. Yeah. But God forbid you <laughs> pop out a boob. That's oh no, yeah. my God! Yeah, would, Do you actually I, I, have I, I, like biological urges that are <laughs> like completely natural? Well, kill those and just shoot someone. You know. Okay, so one one of the funny things for me, of course, as a Canadian, is that I'm seeing it through the lens of a Canadian film critic, mm-hmm. and I got to tell you that you know there's a reason that that book is called Weird Sex and Snowshoes. Mm-hmm. It's because you know. One of the ways in which um, English language, uh, Canadian cinema in particular, has tried to make it really obvious that these are not American films is by inserting as much weird sex as humanly possible. And, um, you know, within that rubric, (laughs) uh, Crash is not totally excessive you know when i compare it to some other films um i think essentially because we're going from the uh, european model rather well, than yes. the american model right yeah. you know yeah. the american model it's like the sexless is wasteland nice, but yes. yeah sexless wasteland but but you know everything is nice but we're not going to show people fucking you know it's, um, it's and we may, we may actually not even show people naked <laughs> you know, I always remember the 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 weird fufura that came out around the time that um what's that uh, what's that movie that is all based on the short fiction of one particular writer? Uh it's a Robert Altman film. Oh, uh shortcuts. Shortcuts. Yeah. The the weird fufura about the fact that um and her name has gone right out of my head. Uh, famous actress, redheaded, um, who uh, hmm. and and there's there's a there's a scene in Shortcuts where she has a long argument with her husband, and because they are married and have seen each other naked many times, she is wearing a t-shirt and she doesn't have underwear on. 
And people were like, oh my God, why, why would you do that? Why would you, why would you make her show her badge? <laughs> why would you make her, her confirm that she, she is in fact a fire crotch, you know, for that much time on screen? Who is it? Oh my God. The second person who played, uh, Clarice Starling. Oh, oh Julianne Moore. Moore. Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. If you ever want to see Julianne Moore's pubic hair, then watch shortcuts. <laughs> well, I mean, who doesn't? Because, because <laughs> yeah, make a note. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, watch she short- was also in Boogie Nights, so clearly she's okay with, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's like so much foo And I was just yeah. like, wow, yeah, how how would that ever happen that two people who are married. Yeah, my God. Have had sex on multiple occasions you know, would be casually naked around each other. I mean, I just think of, I know I go back to this a lot, Brian, but like the proliferation of uh, war films in America and how they're like, you know, applauded like, wow, man, so great. But yeah, don't have a woman with her top like off because, oh my God. And definitely don't have her with her fanny out. Right. I mean, you can blow up small villages of children and show little kids getting killed and all of this. That's fine as Americans, but don't show the naked human body because that's immoral. And the truth is that war films are, in essence, ultimately often more pornographic. They're pornographic much more than actual sex scenes in movies are. But uh, going back to the Canadian thing, this is an interesting um, quote from the Rosenbaum that I, you know, I was wondering what you made of it, Gemma, in terms of like, he compares uh, Cronenberg with other Canadian auteurs, um, Atom Egon. Yeah, Adam Agoyan. Adam Agoyan, yeah. And uh, Guy Madin. um, Guy Madin. Guy Madden. Guy Madden. I'm learning. I'm learning. No, that's okay. <laughs> he says, uh, all three make extremely well-crafted and cosmically mysterious movies about the coming together of wounded, lonely perverts. Yes. <laughs> yet there's something warm and friendly about the textures of their narratives and the interplay of their characters. Despite a taste for medical gore and kinky sex games, these aren't... <laughs> cold or sadistic filmmakers all of the sex in crash is consensual and includes sex between men and between women as well as heterosexual uh, couplings in other words though far from being pc or humanist crash is a no bullshit movie that neither insults nor exploits its audience wacky as it is it's a work of passion and integrity (laughs) which Hmm. I found very interesting. Um, Integrity, definitely. Uh, passion. Passion. Yeah. Passion is uh, up yeah, for pa- debate. Yeah, passion is up for debate. Um, I, I must, I must say that it's, it's definitely making me think of um, an Adam McGowan movie called uh, uh, The Adjuster, in which Elias Coteus plays a, <laughs> plays a uh, um, insurance. insurance adjuster. Um, who deals with, uh, who deals with people who have lost all their, um, all their f- stuff in fires. And basically, he, and basically the way that he deals with them is that he, he makes sure that they all get housed in the same, um, in the same motel. And then he mm-hmm. goes from like room to room, um, interviewing them about what it is that they lost in the fires. And often this involves having sex with them. 
And so there's this amazing scene, which uh, I would love to see you guys react to, where he is literally having sex with a woman and going, so how much do you think your bedroom set costs when you bought it? And she's like, I don't know, about uh, $3,000 maybe? <laughs> that, that, whole, that whole film is... That whole film is full of at least as much sex. As... <laughs> yeah, I guess for me, coming from a, I mean, primarily um, American film background, I mean, you get to something like Crash, and you're like, oh boy, like. Yeah. <laughs> what so, do you think? Um, uh, what do you yeah. think? The uh, every month on Twitter, there's somebody who says sex scenes are unnecessary. Um, I think. What those do you think they make boring. of Crash? Uh, they are. They, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would um yeah, that uh that movie I think would make some people's heads explode. That's really true. The sex in Crash totally surpasses necessary or unnecessary as categories. Yeah, because that's what the that's what the movie's about. The movie is about that. I just think it's a silly <laughs> argument in general, like is it uh, necessary? Like what in art is necessary? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love that whole idea of like, like, as like, if there's a checklist of like, well, we have to have this in art because that's sex. necessary. Yeah, sometimes people have sex and they make decisions because they have sex, because they want to have sex with various <laughs> people, because sex is like an integral part of being a human being. Well, it's like, okay, so this shot's a wide-angle shot and this one's a close-up shot. Which one's necessary? Right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, somebody, yeah. Uh, Julia Gaffrey, who is wonderful. Just, I'm just going to plug Julia Gaffrey here because why not? She she does um, wonderful comics dealing with uh, horror and transgression and all of these things. But, you know, she said, you know, as a corrective to this attitude, actually plot is the excuse to show the sex scenes, not the other way around. Yes. Which is yeah. true. I it's think true, yeah. Character development is is uh, an excuse to get people close to each other so that potentially they could have sex. Yeah, it's we we tell stories about you know whatever because we like to hear about people doing those things or are interested in them, and sex yeah. is very interesting to a lot of artists. So. This is extremely interesting, and you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, sex yeah. is probably considerably more interesting than violence really when you think about it yeah right because it's like how many people are like oh man that movie was great because some guy's head exploded (laughs) it really made me want to take a shotgun to some dude's head (laughs) and see whether or not it actually looks like that or like even if that's not part of it you know it's like how often do you hear somebody just be like yeah i really like that film there was a very passionate love scene between the two main like very rarely because we're encouraged yeah, to not very, bring very that stuff up. Well, and and also because there are a lot of consent issues yeah 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 but well, I, mean, I am yes. pretty sure that david cronenberg if <laughs> if no one else that no one had sex on David Cronenberg's film who didn't want to, who didn't know what they were getting into. Yeah. I, actually, I think um, the actors said that the sex scenes were the easiest scenes to film in terms of, you know, what to do. Whereas it was actually the more dialogue or, um, you know, driving scenes that those were trickier in terms of, you know, their direction and what they were supposed to be showing or not showing. 
Well, yeah, the Cory. I, I mean, uh, we've spent so much time talking about, you know, the characters and responses and all that. I mean, just from a strictly filmic level, like, there's yeah. a lot of cool car Impressive. stuff. Well, David Cronenberg uh, made, made an entire Even movie Even if you don't want to fuck the cars, it's cool. He made a race, uh, he made a racing movie um, called Bad Company that most, uh, or Fast Company, rather. He made a racing movie called Fast Company that most people don't even know about. I didn't know about it. Yep. Yeah, I've never he's, uh, like he's a big car dude. He's a big mm. gearhead, I hear. <laughs> I do think it's funny that the the schedule is so we cover Crash and then Brian <laughs> and I are going to cover Drive. <laughs> so we just have we're That's just nice. going through the car yeah, movies. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I I would say that um, I just the last thing I want to say about this movie is that right. um, we've been talking about it. It is a very, in some ways, disturbing and unsettling film. Um, in many other ways, oh, yes. it's a strangely, you know, it's it's an erotic film and, you know, and a complex examination of sexuality. But Crash is, and I don't think this is incompatible with either eroticism or horror. It's a very funny movie. I mean, I find it very... It fun. is very... I mean, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but the scene where... James Spader is making love to his wife, and she's just like, what did his penis look like? Did you want to stick your penis in his anus? It's just like, not only have I never, to this day, have not seen a film like, or a scene like that, uh, it's just, it's funny to me. It's I don't funny. know if it's supposed I to be, but... It's is... deadpan funny, and in a lot of ways, it's like a kids in the hall sketch that has been stretched out for two whole hours. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, takes I see he that. takes this bit, you know, a sort of joke premise almost. People are aroused by car crashes, and then spins it out to, you know, the the most thoughtful extremes, the scariest extremes, the most repulsive and erotic extremes, and also, you know, he does get the comedy potential yeah. <laughs> in there to a degree. Absolutely. So, you know, if you like to laugh, um cries the dog is genius the dog gee i have this great idea for the dog (laughs) give me Um, really big boobs so i think uh i guess the big moral is that crash has something for everyone (laughs) yes and an amazing score yes i wanted to mention that i would listen to that score all day if i could my favorite it is it's sort of like it's like sort of scary, but then it also is sort of triumphant. Yeah. And... It's got a lot of nuance to it. it I think it, it's my favorite Howard Shore score that I've heard. That's that's really what saying something. Is... Yeah. It's he's pretty... done some amazing stuff. Yeah. It's pretty spectacular. Somebody, I thought this was disingenuous. Somebody was reading the, you know, I forget who, but like the use of acoustic as another sort of joke on porno you know techniques where like <laughs> just the twanging acoustic you know strings or the i don't think that i think that's a bit of a stretch but it was an interesting comment but yeah great score and very well shot and lit and staged i mean it's it's an immaculate piece of filmmaking and the yeah. thing that i would describe the word one of the many words i would use to describe crash but it's a it feels like an incredibly precise film. Um, yes. In that so much attention. It's it's meticulous. You know, a lot of attention was put into this um, 
to making this work because you know one wrong move and this just becomes farce or grotesque right yeah i mean i think wrapping it up um i think it's a great film uh i yeah i'd recommend it watch it it's it's a canadian classic yeah so i think that's gonna do it um Real quick, we're on Twitter at Celluloid Sits. We're on anchor.fm slash Celluloid Sits. Um, Gemma and Brian, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I look forward to many more conversations of its ilk. And be careful driving home. Yeah. Don't get into <laughs> car crashes. To <laughs> Just to be clear, you know, the fuck. This should be obvious, but yeah, don't try to seek erotic pleasure from car crashes. This is a bad yeah, we want to be specific on this point. <laughs> but unlike Cronenberg, our stance is clear. Celluloid Citizens says, do not get in car crashes if you can. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> but anyway, yes, uh, for Celluloid Citizens, I'm Sean M. Thompson. I'm Brian O'Connell. And I'm Gemma Files. <laughs>